Welcome to the Next Step Education Podcast, where Caitlin Bowen and Lindsay Simpson share their experiences in education. No matter your role, you are welcomed into this community of educators, transforming learning one experience at a time. Welcome back to the Next Step Education Podcast. We are in our episode three of season two, and we are coming to you for the first time, not together in Caitlin's truck, but instead on Zoom. Um, thank you, COVID-19. So <laughs> this is an experiment for us. So um, we apologize in advance if there's any um, audio difficulties we are going to talk about, you know, our, our rural settings and our internet access capabilities and all of that fun stuff, but it is real. It's a, it's a, it's a real issue. So, um, you may hear some interruptions. You may hear some questioning on who should talk when, but that is the, the power of zoom and we're going to get through it. Right, Caitlin? <laughs> right, right. Yep. And it's, it is, I'm glad that we're able to see each other's faces, at least over Zoom. I know you can't see our faces, but anytime that we are recording our podcast, we're normally sitting, you know, elbow to elbow in my truck. We're able to play off each other's faces. So thank you to Zoom for allowing <laughs> us to still do this. Um, but yes, interruptions, interruptions may happen. My husband's at work. My two kids are at home. Lindsay's at home. Her cat likes to play with her <laughs> laptop and other things nearby. So, um, you know, we've been living on Zoom, like I'm sure a lot of you have been, or, or over, you know, Teams or whatever other platform, you know, WebEx I heard of as well. Google um, Classroom. Google Classroom, Google Meets, whatever it might be. Um, and working with our limited internet access, I know, you know, during this episode, we're going to bring on two guests. And one of the guests that day was a cloud cover. So the internet wasn't as good as what we <laughs> normally have. So you might hear pauses or us interrupting each other. So again, our apologies, but that is the life of COVID-19 right now. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, we wanted to bring on two guests for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, one, they're, they're both from two different school districts. And we thought that was important because every district seems to be needing to make decisions based on that district and that district's needs and that district's capabilities. And so we wanted to highlight that. Uh, so one is um, closer to an urban area, uh, one of the larger cities in Western New York. Uh, she's not in the city, but she's on the outskirts. Uh, while the other guest is more in a rural setting like we are. So, you know, when we look around and hear what different schools are doing, I know that I have found myself sometimes thinking, you know, oh, we should be doing that or wouldn't, you know, that's a great idea or like, I would never do that. But it, it's really important to keep in mind every community's individual needs and their, cap like I said, their capabilities. You know, some districts just are not capable of doing what others can. And a lot of it comes down to internet equity. Right, right. It was interesting. One of our guests that you'll hear, um, you know, from in a little bit, one of our guests brought up, you know, once we stopped hitting the record button, he said, well, it was nice to hear what you guys were doing. I thought you were doing this. And in reality, you're actually doing this. So that's a, definitely a goal of this episode is just to make sure that everyone realizes 
that we are in a way in the same place. Like we're trying to do what's best for our kids and our students, but because of the lack of resources internet wise, you know, that's hard. Um, I know personally, I called, you know, several different companies, asked for an upgrade of my internet um, or a different, completely different type of service. It wasn't available. I was willing to pay $100 a month, still was not available. So <laughs> I'm using a mobile MiFi, not my cell phone, but a separate device. I know a lot of teachers are using just their hotspots on their phone. I know a number of people that have satellite internet, they have, you know, a cap of data plan. And once you get close to the end of the month, you know, they're, they're not zooming in anymore because they don't have any more internet. Um, same with our students. So it's interesting, you know, a lot of times when we're talking about it, they think about the student's end, but it's also the teacher's end. Um, so it's, it's definitely one of the highlights in the episode, just internet access is difficult and providing equity is almost impossible in that area. Yes. And so one of the one of the major points that we wanted to talk about before we brought on our guests was how we are taking care of our families. And so this could look different for every district. And again, it's going to there's it's very difficult to compare one district to another. And so that's not what we're doing today. We're not comparing, um, but simply talking about the main messages that we're sending out, our districts are sending out, and how we're taking care of families first. And I know for my district, that is our main priority, is how are we taking care of our families, making sure they're making it through the day, making sure that they have what they need. Um, and that is not necessarily assignments. That is, do they have enough food? Do they have resources um, and access to medical care? Because we are in a rural community. We have a mobile urgent care in our school building. Um, and telemed normally is available. Obviously, we are not allowed in the building, which means our urgent mobile care is not available during a time where sickness is very prevalent. So, um, you know, our telemed services are still being used on the home end, but then you don't have the equipment that the nurses have. So, you know, those types of resources are what my district is focusing on before we talk about any academics, is just how are we making sure our families are okay? How about yours, Caitlin? What's your, how yep. are your district doing that? That's definitely been the same approach with my district. Um, and I just kept on hearing from the principal, we're gonna take a slow roll at this. We're gonna take it slow. We're gonna focus on the families first. If we roll out something and it's, it compromises family first, then we're gonna roll back. Um, and I, I mean, I already appreciated my administration and I've worked with a couple different administrations and I really can confidently say they have families in, in mind first. Um, and that's where my heart comes from. So it's easy for me to get on board and definitely follow that plan. Um, you know, looking at, first we focused on food and safety, you know, worrying about getting lunches rolled out first. And I know, Lindsay, your district does as well. I received them, so it's wonderful. Um, and I was actually talking to another uh, 
coworker in a different district. And he said, well, you know, I felt kind of guilty taking the quote unquote free lunch um, that was delivered to my house. And I said, I know I debated it too. Like financially, we're not in need of the free lunch, but man, with me working every day, having that van drop off a pre-made lunch while my husband's at work for my two kids is a dream. And, and they know when it comes, it's whatever is delivered, that is for lunch. So, and it takes off one stressor. So even though financially we're not in need, you know, with my workload right now, we're in need and it's very helpful. So focusing on food first, then we started talking about, okay, let's take a survey and figure out internet access. Um, and the numbers came back surprised, like we were surprised after we analyzed the data. There's probably only 4% of our entire district that doesn't have some way to connect. Um, if they're not able to drive to the school and sit outside and access the internet, we bumped up all of our internet services in our building so that no matter where you're sitting in the parking lot, you have internet access. I'm pretty sure we even have one hub on a pole, like a light pole in the middle of the parking lot. Um, so we beef that up so that you can sit in the parking lot if you need to. And then we started talking about, okay, let's just touch base with kids. Let's do some supplemental learning. You know what I mean? Nothing new, nothing graded, low stress, low set of directions, and just see what type of response we naturally have. So we did that for about two weeks. Um, you know, this is, we're starting week six, Lindsay, of being home. Is that right? Yes. So you know, week one and two was worrying about families. Then we started the supplemental. Then we started worrying about, okay, only for regents and AP, let's, you know, in college courses, we'll start rolling out new stuff, but be very easy on the grading. Um, and then just this past week, we just rolled out, okay, now that regents exams are canceled, this is how we're going to assess everybody and roll out new stuff. So definitely the slow, slow roll on our end. Yeah, ours has definitely been been slow as well. Um, you know, we have not um, rolled out a plan yet for grading or anything like that because equity is is a, um, a larger in our district where we have a, about 20% of families who do not have access to internet. Um, and some of our families don't have access to transportation. So um, you know, that, that can be difficult and we were able to provide families devices. So if, if they did have like, access to internet, even if it was from their mobile hotspot or whatever, um, or they, they might have transportation, they could drive down to the local Dunkin' Donuts and sit in the parking lot, they would at least have a device. And so we were able to roll out devices, which were nice, but you know, when you think about families, there might be devices that are needing to be shared by multiple siblings, or then their parents are also working on devices at the same time, all working off of the same internet. So those were also components that we were trying to keep in mind when we were making decisions about whether we were doing review work or if we were grading and why, at least up until now, it's been no grades because we just, we just can't say that everybody's environment is the same. And we have teachers who are driving down Dunkin' Donuts and sitting in their parking lot, you know, to do their work with their kids in the car, trying to do their work. 
So if we know that our teachers' families are in that situation, we definitely know some of our other families are as well. So, you know, not only were, were we trying to problem solve, can we even get internet to our kids, but then it became an issue of how many devices need to go in the home so that everybody has the device, and then can the internet handle that number of devices? So it's, it's a whole pyramid of, of problem solving. And that's, you hit the nail on the head. That's the issue in my home. Um, my job lift right now, access to internet, dominated the internet. So for the first two weeks, oh, mom has to work. You can't be on the internet. So we brought back, you know, DVDs, VHS tapes um, to keep them occupied while I'm working. And um, luckily my husband was home for those two weeks. And then once he was going back to work, I had to, you know, look into getting a separate hotspot just for my devices for my workload and now the internet is just for the kids um and it's been it's been interesting like you said um and that's that that was one of our next points that we were you know discussing before we hit record was just routine of family and parents and just that is completely changed and that's hard for me. I'm a routine person. I like X, Y, and Z, but because of not being able to know what my workload is going to be like, I am not sure <laughs> what tomorrow is going to bring. And, you know, I know some um, mothers who are teachers that have a schedule and that works for them. You know, that's wonderful. Um, that doesn't work for me, especially because I don't have a routine work-wise. You know, maybe next week once, you know, now that grading's rolled out and teachers have office hour times, I am praying that it's going to be a little bit lighter of a lift for me, but we'll see because I never know what's going to happen until, you know, somebody gives me that phone call. Hey, Caitlin, we need this. <laughs> right, right. And that's the same with me. Like, I know, I can guarantee that I will be working on something from eight to three but I have no idea what that is. I have no idea if that's something that I'm working independently on on my end, whether it be a tutorial, whether it be problem solving a platform, whether it be learning new Microsoft team updates that were pushed out over the previous weekend, or whether it's going to be in the middle of that, somebody gives me a call and says, I'm trying to push out this assignment and I'm a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then everything else gets dropped. So, mm -hmm. you know, depending on what your role is in, in, in the school can, can determine what that routine looks like now that you're working from home, especially if you have kids and a family. Um, but the, you know, the other thing though, is we know that things are ever changing. You know, we just, both of our counties just extended our state of emergency for 30 more days. Um, so we're guaranteed another month. So now a lot of school districts in the area are looking at, okay, how are we going to do grading? How are we going to do these things? It's going to change that routine. And so you almost have to anticipate a curve in participation and a curve in the knowledge of how to do these things, because now the routine that families have built is going to be different. Right. Right. Um, and one of the things that we pointed out, um, you know, kind of in our outline of, for this episode is just taking care of ourselves. You know, like we talked about how, what's important to take care of our families and our kids, you know, making sure that we are touching base with them, touching base with our teachers, making sure that they're handling things okay. 
Um, but I have not, as a person, there hasn't been tons of experiences where I have high anxiety. Um, I remember one time in my life, and that was the in-between um, moving and changing jobs, and I went back to school. So yeah, like all those stressors leads to high anxiety. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But the anxiety around the unknown with this COVID-19 has been unbelievable. Um, and I really, I was just saying this before we hit record, there's several things that I need to make sure I do as a person to help manage that anxiety. One of them being working out every day. The first couple of weeks I did awesome. Honestly, the last two weeks I've been eating a lot and not working out a lot. So <laughs> I need to flip those two things. Um, you know, Lindsay, how have you been taking care of yourself? Um, I have been getting in some workouts. Um, that that has always been good for me. Um, you know, we we did just reach the 34 weeks pregnant mark. So <laughs> my workouts um, aren't as frequent and they're not as high intensity, but that's okay. You know, it's it really what it comes down to is if I can get four days of 30 minutes um, to myself and away from the computer and away from the stress, that is what makes the difference. So, you know, 30 minutes of yoga, 30 minutes of meditation, um, 30 minutes snuggling with my cat, you know, um, reading a book. Those are the things that I have started like really planning on and trying to schedule into my, my work day. I am doing a book study with actually balance like a pirate, which is perfect for this time. Uh, but I wasn't balancing. I wasn't reading the book. Uh, I'm very behind, <laughs> actually. So, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself in a way that would even allow me time to sit down and read. And so I had to become more cognizant of that and, and sense since focusing on knowing that, okay, I need to take more time for me, it's been, it's much, much better. But it took me having to sit down and look at my schedule and look at what I was doing and not doing for me to be able to say, okay, I'm not doing what I need to to take care of me. And I'm going to burn out if I keep doing this. I think it's funny that you mentioned that I'm in the same book study. I have read the first chapter and that's it. <laughs> so I that's probably why, you know, one of the reasons why I last week and the week before were pretty hard. And normally I'm able to curb that, that part of my life because I'm starting to feel like, okay, my stress is not being balanced or managed. One, one to two days, I can make a quick recovery. And my husband even said, he's like, it's taking you a little bit longer to make this recovery. And I'm like, yeah, I know I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're all, just make sure you're keeping on reassessing what you're doing, how you're feeling. Um, acknowledge those feelings. Don't try to brush them away like I did my first week. Um, you know, and really acknowledge them and make a plan to change and move forward. Um, and you know, know. One, of, one of the biggest things that has helped me during this time, especially because I'm not leaving the house at all, you know, being so far along in my pregnancy, um, we've made the decision that I just, I don't go, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, um, The last thing we want is for me to get sick and potentially go into early labor. So um, that's really hard. Like I, I have learned just how uh, ex, like socially external I am. <laughs> like, 
take, I've always thought maybe I was an introvert. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm an introvert because I miss work. I miss seeing people. Um, it's been very hard. So my colleagues and I have planned Zoom times outside of work hours where we just get together and we chat and it's, it's so nice and it seems silly, but if you haven't done it and you like, I would really suggest trying it because that realization is so important and it brought my anxiety levels way down. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, I've done happy hours. I've done, let's play this, um, you know, internet game together. Mm -hmm. um, whatever it might be. Uh, and I've done it with family and friends and coworkers. And um, I think one of our interviewees, Laura, right? Didn't she bring up the greatest thing about her week is if she has something to look forward to that's scheduled, that's fun. Yes. So, um, and she'll talk about that during her interview. And that's definitely true. Like if I don't have something fun planned on Friday at three o'clock, it's hard for me to like just suck it up and make it through the week. So I definitely need to make sure I'm, I'm doing that more, um, especially for the end of the week or Thursday or Friday. Um, you know, Tuesday and Wednesdays are my hard days. So definitely looking forward to something fun or enjoyable. I know if you just search around on Facebook, there's a number of groups that are also doing free group workout sessions as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I found one. Oh, what is the, what is the dance? workout Zumba. I couldn't think of it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so they're doing a Zumba one and I tried it last week. Okay. So I guess I worked out once last week, <laughs> but it was fun. You know, like I was laughing hysterically at myself because I haven't done Zumba in forever and I don't know these people and I didn't know the songs. So I, I mean, just all of that laughter and a little bit of movement was good. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like, like we said, trying to build those things into your routine so that you have it there to fall back on is just so important, especially with all the uncertainty that we are facing, you know, it can change, life can change tomorrow, life can change next week. Um, so to have a routine that you can fall back on is just so essential for us as teachers, for our kids, for our families. Yeah, for sure. So well, I'm excited that we have these two guests, um, you know, and we do introduce both of them at the beginning of each interview. So you know a little bit about who they are, what certification area they're, they are from and what they teach. Um, you know, and please definitely reach out to us. Let us know what your next steps are during this COVID-19 experience. Um, you know, and like Lindsay said, we might not know what those experiences are or what our next steps are but we're just taking it day by day. Um, so, you know, you got this, keep on going through it and reach out to the people around you that are there to love and support you. But it just might need, mean an extra reach out to them, you know, an extra step to increase yes. that communication with those people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, teachers are superheroes right now. We, we really are. And we have to stick together and we have to lean on each other. So, you know, lean on the people you work with you know, reach out to us, um, you know, really lean into whatever community you call yours, uh, because we, you know, we will get through this and we'll get to the other side, but it'll be much better if we do it together. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the interviews with our two guests.
So welcome to the Next Step podcast. We have with us today an amazing teacher from um, one of our, our local school districts. Um, and I say local because we're all pretty, pretty tight knit here in Western New York, but um, she's about an hour and a half away from us in more of an urban area. But um, can you just introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us what you teach, um, what grades you teach, and what you're certified in. Sure. Uh, my name is Laura. I teach fifth grade math currently. So my position is an AIS position, um, but I am certified first through sixth and special education. Um, so I have a background in a couple of different areas. <laughs> Love it. Um, I know you are a woman of many talents, that is for sure. So when this all shut down, um, first, can you share how, how many weeks have you been out of school? You know, depending on where our listeners might be in, in the country, um, this could be different for different states, for different areas. So how long have you been teaching from home? This is week five. So we've been out for five weeks. Yep. Okay. So how are you taking care of your students? What was the directive from your district? What was your, what was the plan? Um, well, it all happened like really quickly, um, but from week one, we've been providing our students with um, bag meals, lunches, breakfast. Um, we're doing weekly phone calls with them. So we're trying to touch base verbally with every family, with every student. Um, and we're offering printed work. That was like our, that was our first plan of attack. Um, and then we moved to Chromebooks. So we sent every student home with a Chromebook and a charger um, so they could access their resources online. And then we kind of ran into the roadblock of some of the students not having internet access. So we are working with the internet companies and they're providing free internet to students who um, didn't have it. So um, our goal is just to get all students connected, all students online, and to make sure that they have everything they need. Um, not only like academically, we're making sure they have food and like just the basic necessities um, because the school, you know, did provide a lot throughout the year and, and we didn't want them to like be without it, especially during this time. I love how the beginning of your explanation was just we provided food and we provided meals and then we worried about the instruction. And started with the technology. Um, it's interesting how you brought up that your school district's working with the internet company, like so they're contacting them directly? Yeah, they've made phone calls, um, not me specifically, but some of the counselors and the admin are, are kind of working to navigate um, the resources within the town for people, for parents who don't, you know, know where to get those resources, who don't know like what, who to contact or where to go. Um, so we're kind of with the middleman for that, trying to help them, um, you know, get everything that they that they need at this point. That's fantastic that your district has taken the initiative to be that middleman. I haven't heard a whole lot of districts doing that. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of, of internet companies saying, you know, we'll offer it for free, um, you know, for X amount of days. You know, like, you know, Spectrum is doing that in our area. Um, I think it's like the first 30 days or 60 days or something, and then it and then it does go into a paid service. But um, I've not heard of a district taking the initiative to to help families find those resources. That's fantastic. 
Yeah, and we have a we have a great social worker too who who reaches out, you know, and lets us know about um, other things available in the community so we can like pass on that information. So yeah, it's it's a really good, positive, helpful atmosphere in that aspect. It's awesome. We've provided phone numbers to families, but like that's the extent. You know, here's a phone number for this resource. Um, but actually trying to make some of those phone calls for them that's taking the next level. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so bringing up the next point, I'm sure this has changed over the last five weeks, but do you believe that instruction is equal for all of your students at this point? Um, I think it's as equal as it can be at the moment. Um, we've come up with, as a grade level, we've come up with um, a daily schedule for all students, like with time slots and giving them an idea of like what they could be working on um, and how long it should be taking them so that they're not overwhelmed with instruction. I know a lot of students had trouble with organizing their subjects and figuring out how to switch between one class and another. They haven't ever really done virtual learning like this. Um, so we're trying to provide them with like um, some guidelines that they can go by. Um, for my position, it's challenging, obviously, because I'm AIS and I provide like individualized support and interventions. But um, when I push out a lesson or an activity, I'm trying to give the students like a um, a link or a template or an example of what they're doing, sort of um, additional resources in case they are struggling with a concept. Um, and of course, like they're reaching out through email and Google Classroom Messenger and phone calls just to, you know, get those questions answered and, and help them the best that we can at this point. So I don't think it's perfect, um, but it's, you know, we're working on it, you know, to even the playing field a little bit here. Nice. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, it, I don't think anyone's feeling like their situation is perfect, but I, it's, it's just a day by day, you know, what else can we do situation. And it sounds like your district really started in a place where they started that um, kind of like step ladder of, of steps or procedures to try to reach equality the best they can, knowing that it, it may not ever be perfect, Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, earlier you said you started with paper and then you moved to Chromebooks and they're helping to try to get internet and, you know, you're answering questions in a variety of ways. So it sounds like at least there's attempts to fill the gaps wherever there might be some. Yeah, I think the push is constantly like communication, like stay in contact. Don't let anyone slip through the cracks. Don't let them like disappear because it's, you know, we're not seeing them. So it's, it's hard to know, like, where they are and what they're doing. Um, and we found that when we started reaching out to parents, there was a lot of like anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. That was the reason that students weren't doing any work. They just didn't know where to start. So um, walking them through that process has kind of gotten more of them involved, which is the goal to keep them all on board with us. It's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's like two-way communication happening. And I mean, if you're AIS, it's also happening with know the grade level teacher. So it's great that two-way communication is happening versus, you know, mailing home, here's this packet, and then just phone calls. How are you doing? And that's it. That's great that there's interaction back with the students as well. So you, you talked a little bit already about routine for your students and that you set up a daily schedule 
um, for them to just kind of help them work from home because you're right, so many of our students have never learned virtually and especially our younger students, even some of our older students, I can think back to when I was in high school, um, don't have the skills to manage their own time and switching from subject to subject, especially if it's a subject they may not enjoy. <laughs> um, so you already spoke to a little, little bit about student schedules and routines. How are you keeping a routine for yourself and your family? Because there's always two sides, right? You know, we talk a whole lot about how our students and our families are doing, um, but our teachers are going through this too. So how about yourself? Um, well, I kind of knew right off the bat that I would need a schedule. Like when this was happening, I'm like, okay, I need, I need to sit down and like kind of outline a plan. So um, I have office hours, what I call them. So they're in the morning and the afternoon and then like around three o'clock and I'm on my computer interacting, like doing work, checking in with students always during those times. Um, but when I'm not doing that, I am making sure that I am exercising, that I'm doing creative things that are, are kind of keeping myself busy and happy. Um, one of my coworkers is doing online yoga, which is awesome. So that is a definite like plus. Like I know I can look forward to that twice a week at a specific time. I can see my coworkers. Um, we have a team meeting that's set up too, which is nice. They're, they're kind of like little blocks in my schedule where I know I'm going to be having specific things to do. Um, but some days that doesn't work and that's okay too. My schedule is kind of fluid and, and it changes based on, you know, like what I need to be doing for work and what I need to be doing for myself and my family. So, you know, I'm doing the best I can to, to kind of keep things organized. Well, it sounds like in that aspect, it sounds like a teacher's day at school, right? Where you have to be flexible and some days you have a regular schedule and some days you might have a special schedule and some days the whole schedule goes out the window. So, um, you know, thank goodness that our teachers are flexible as in nature because that helps in this situation too. For sure, yeah. I love the, the point that you brought up, you know, you have something to look forward to. Um, and I think that's key like I have found you know after whatever week we're on are we on week five too Lindsay I, I think <laughs> I don't know how many weeks it's been um I'm, I'm trying not to count actually <laughs> but um you know like I was gonna count before we started and then I didn't <laughs> so um, <laughs> but I think we are on week five <laughs> yeah so I look forward to those informal times, like you said, Laura, you know, like meeting with your coworkers so you can see their faces. You know, I set up a coffee hour and it's Wednesday morning at nine and I love that time. Like, I don't worry about trying to take a shower or anything before then. You know, I, I get dressed, I grab a cup of coffee and I sit down with some of my coworkers. Um, I love the idea of the group workout time. I, I think I need that. I need some accountability in my life for my workout schedule. <laughs> Yeah, it, it really is awesome. It feels like I'm at a class with people, even though they're all in my living room. Like, <laughs> it's nice to see their faces and like, know that that's like happening, you know, in my day, for sure. Um, yeah, and daily showers are always good too, you know, <laughs> keeping up with, you know, just your normal routine, like doing your hair and whatever, it helps. Yes, it, it really does. And it's funny because I had, and, and I did count, we are in week five or at the end of week five. Um, but I think around like week three, I started dabbling with the idea of like, well, maybe 
even though I'm on Zoom with my coworkers, my coworkers know me. So maybe I don't need to do my hair and makeup. Like I, I reached a comfort level and I stopped. Yeah. And then I realized that it was too comfortable. Like no one else said anything to me, you know, but it was like, if I, I thought, nope, I need to continue getting up. I need to continue, like, you know, I do my workouts in the morning. I need to continue showering, doing my hair, doing my makeup, being a professional because this is a slippery slope <laughs> for me personally. I think we're doing really good because I just read an article that there were some lawyers that were inside during like zoom court meetings like literally oh. <laughs> in bed with her covers so i'm like <laughs> i have not hit that level i'm up and awake and dressed and <laughs> so i um, do love a good facebook video where it shows you know zoom fails and from the top up they're professional on the top you know the <laughs> bottom half they're in pjs yep. um i do i do enjoy those those humorous little memes right now <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I think, I think everybody, you know, from teachers to students to parents are, are finding uh, pretty funny moments as they experience Zoom sometimes for the first time. <laughs> um, I just taught my dad how to use Zoom last night just so that we can oh, nice. connect with our family. It, he's 75. It was very entertaining. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is. It's, but I think those things at bring some relief to the situation. You know, you always have to find the humor and, you know, sometimes it's staring us right in the face on a Zoom session, you know, so we can't yeah. get away from it. But, you know, so, so Laura, the, the big theme of our, of our podcast is the next step. You know, we always are trying to look forward and, and based on our reflections, make a plan of attack of, of what are we going to do next? So as we finish out our week five, and this could be something for you. This could be something that is district driven. Um, what is your next step as we move forward into the unknown? Because we don't know how long we're going to be doing this. Um, it, it's ever changing as we've talked about. So what is your next step in remote learning and remote teaching? Well, after like five weeks of doing this, I found around week four that I, that I kind of hit like a point where things were starting to flow and I figured out like what my students were responding to, what was working best for them. So my goal now is to continue to create really meaningful online lessons. Like Google Classroom is, and Google Slides is really starting to become like very comfortable to me. I wasn't like one to use a lot of that in school because I did a lot of project-based learning and technology um, just wasn't like my focal point like in my position um, and it wasn't necessary and now that it's necessary I feel like my goal is really to just like continue to create um, lessons and activities that students are engaged in um, to use different platforms um, for Edmonds like pushing a couple different programs that we can use every week and I feel like diving into one or two of those and really learning it um, is is my goal to get comfortable with it and to present it to my students in a way that's not overwhelming for them because they have been like learning a lot of different programs. Um, so I want to continue to keep things interesting for them without overwhelming them. So that's, that's really my goal. Um, and of course, to like share resources with my staff. Um, we're not able to do, you know, a lot of the stuff we would be doing in school, like field day or our 
field trips for this year and I kind of want to bring that to them digitally. So I'm going to work on that a little bit too. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I love how your next step is all around your students. Um, I love how you're really figuring out what's working for them on their end and then adjusting what you're doing, not the other way around. There's been a lot of times where I've, you know, tried to talk to educators and in my district and they talk about what's working for them. And, you know, this is the easiest if I push it out to them on Monday and just roll out a schedule for them the entire week instead of trying to chunk it. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, well, how are the students receiving it? I don't know. I didn't think about that. I'm like, that's the whole point. So I love that your next step is all around how the kids are, are reacting and responding to what you're giving them. So great job. Yeah, thank you. I mean, this is, this is really for them, right? Like they, they need this, they need the routine, they need the restructure and review. And honestly, like that's what we've been doing is review. And if we dive into new material, um, that might look a little different, but my plan isn't going to change. You know, it's, it's going to be to be consistent and reliable so they know what to expect and they're comfortable with, you know, what they're doing. So, and they're learning, right? So that's right. Cool and all this. Awesome. Thank you so much, Laura, for taking the time for joining us today. Um, you know, it, when this whole thing happened, you know, the podcast kind of took a small pause, but when we came back, we really wanted to highlight um, teacher experiences during this time. I don't know how we could have done an episode focusing on anything else and talking to other teachers was, um, was one of the biggest pushes that we had. We wanted to hear from different people or from different areas. So we just really appreciate the time that you took to come on and, and share with us your experience. Yeah, thank you for, for having me and for letting me share. Um, I'm also interested to hear, you know, what other teachers' experiences are and what their day looks like and, you know, the struggles that they're kind of overcoming. So thank you. Thank you very much, Laura. Okay, welcome to the Next Step podcast. Um, today we have a guest with us and we wanted to just kind of go through a couple questions during this pandemic and see where educators are. Um, all of us are, I'm sure, are in different places. We've been home for about five weeks now. Um, so Dave, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what, what grades you teach, what subject area, and a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm, I'm Dave Taylor. Uh, I teach grades, right now I teach 8 through 12, um, but it kind of fluctuates year to year depending on where I'm needed. Um, I teach some middle school technology classes, uh, Lego robotics course in middle school, and then I also teach a Vex robotics course in high school, and uh, stagecraft class in high school, and some years I teach an engineering course, so I kind of teach whatever is necessary. Um, right now I'm also teaching a DDP, so Design and Drawing for Production course. Awesome. And you have a unique background that I've always admired. Um, you know, you haven't always been in education. What did you do prior? Right. So I started off uh, as an industrial and manufacturing engineer. So, and I think I, I did engineering full-time for about two and a half years or something like that. And then um, part-time while I was from home, while I was going back to school to get my master's in education. So I started out as an engineer and I've always loved engineering, but it was a sinking feeling that I 
liked teaching better. And so I went back and spent a whole bunch of extra money to be able to do that. So now I get to teach things like engineering, which is the perfect place for me. Awesome. Awesome. I've always people who come in from different backgrounds. That's, that's awesome to hear and, and you get to um, hear how your previous journey has then impacted your educational one. Yeah. So first question for you. How are you taking care of your students? What does that look like in your world? Well, that's a tough question. Um, to be honest, sometimes I don't feel like I am taking care of them very well. You can't really see them. Can't. It's very hard for, uh, I've had a hard time getting a hold of them, but the way that I'm trying to do it is by keeping open communication, totally open. Um, I've given every student of mine my cell phone number. They've got my email. They can call or text me, all that stuff. Um, and then I also try to make sure that they understand how flexible I'm trying to be and everybody hopefully is trying to be. Um, so they know like uh, recently I had a student who responded to something. I, I had asked him like a quick survey of like, how, how are you feeling? And he felt, he said he was feeling sick. And so I, you know, made sure that he understood he didn't, his work wasn't his priority, whatever he had going on. Um, and so he ended up feeling better later on and got his work back to me. But I'm trying to make sure that they understand that they're stressed. They don't need to have any stress based on their course load for me, at least. Do you feel like that's a common theme at your school or is it just unique to your approach? Well, I think that it's fairly common. I don't know that it's across the board. I have feelings that there are probably some um, well-meaning, but, you know, and unintentionally causing a lot of stress. Um, I hope that that's changed a little bit now that like regents aren't, uh, aren't happening and things like that. So there's a little bit less demands, I hope, on teachers. So there's less demands on the students. I hope that's what's coming through. Um, but for a lot of the part, I think that we, uh, we are all being pretty flexible. It's hard not to be. Yeah, I know, you know, at least in my district, we've been repeating the message of, of taking care of our kids and our families first. Um, but it is interesting and understandable when you get messages back from teachers who are saying, yeah, but what do I have to do? Um, you know, what I feel like I need to work all day. I need to be available all day. I need to be pushing out assignments to justify the fact that I'm teaching and to show that I'm still teaching. And mm -hmm. it's a lot of teachers are overachievers, right? Like we want to constantly do everything we can. Um, it ends up being overwhelming for the people on the other end. Um, but for us, you know, for some of us, it's like, well, I want to do everything I possibly can just to justify the fact that I'm still working. Yeah, um, yeah, I felt that at the beginning, especially. It was a it was a hard push to be like, I need to be working. I don't know what I should be doing, but I need to be doing something. And now it's actually on the other end where I'm like, I don't have enough time to do all this. Stuff. <laughs> there's, there's like so many different new demands and everything changes from week to week. It's crazy. I think one of the most recurring themes I've heard um, from all the forums I'm part of or part of all the groups I'm part of from our, our local area, regionally, across the state, across the state, across the country is um, teachers, I think, are working more hours now than they did when we were in person. And so that's just finding that balance of like, okay, I don't, 
I don't know how, how do I manage myself, my family, my students, my teaching load. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. it's a day by day survival. <laughs> it is. And, and it's, it's annoying to say that we're like four or five weeks in. I don't know what the actual count is and we're still trying to figure it out. It's such an annoying thing. Like last night at nine o'clock at night, I'm trying to figure out how to use discord um, with my students because there's one class that I have where they wanted to use that instead of our learning management system and I was like I don't know what are the advantages and disadvantages and they're like oh there's all these cool features and so here I am at nine o'clock at night trying to figure out how to use this thing and see if it's going to be suitable for the students and for the class and you know there's it's all the areas are, are blurred as far as what time you're supposed to be working or should be working what time you should not be it's I don't know it's a constant struggle I agree with you, Dave. And it, I, I appreciate the freedom some days, you know what I mean? I work from seven until 10 and then I work with my own kids from 10 to noon and then we eat lunch and then I hop back on. I mean, that's like an ide ideal day, but that's not every day. Um, one of the questions we have for you is, is just talking about that. How are you keeping routine for yourself, for your family? Um, you know, before we started recording, you mentioned, you know, you, you have three kids and one on the way, and that's a lot of people at home together. <laughs> How are you managing everything? Yeah, and we have a small house, too. Yeah, we, we um, well, I'm managing things, trying to, as most as I can, lock myself in our bedroom um, to <laughs> eliminate some of the distraction. But now I think that my family spends, probably, we spend more time in my, our bedroom than we ever have before because that's where I don't know it just seems to be where all the action is um, I know my one and a half year old is always super excited to come in and he loves my headphones uh, my robot and then also going under my, my desk so he really <laughs> enjoys all of that but uh, the way that I've tried to work it as far as a schedule is keeping it as close as I could to the school day schedule so I try to start working before eight in the morning and I try to be done by at least like 3.30 or so. Um, but the cool part is I do get to all those little parts throughout the day, like you were saying, um, like snack time is somewhere around 10.30 or something like that. And then, you know, we have an afternoon snack too and lunch and all that stuff. And being able to be with family for that is really cool. Um, as well as sometimes, like sometimes, you know, I, was, I had the, the robot chasing around the girls the other day and, and they loved all that stuff too. So it's cool to be able to, to give the family a glimpse into what you do because otherwise it's pretty removed. Um, but it definitely is difficult to just keep some strict hours. I also try to keep on all, all the work that I send the students. Um, I tell them to expect responses between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. I still respond outside at times sometimes, but um, there are quite a few times where I just, I turn my phone off, which is the source of everything because we don't have internet and that's my mobile hotspot. So I just turn that off sometimes in the afternoon after three and then, um, you know, everything shut down. It's a, it's a dead spot at that point. So. It takes a lot well, to be able like to do that, to actually shut it off and walk away. I have a hard time with that personally. So I admire that. It is. It's hard. Yeah, it is very difficult. And it sounds like you've done a great job of trying to find that balance because I, I said I was going to turn my phone off, I think week two, and we did do a count. We're at the end um, with our other guest. We are at the end of week five, um, which I could not believe, but 
I think it was like week two that I said, you know, maybe I should start turning my phone off at like 4.30, 5 o'clock. I haven't yet. (laughs) (laughs) I keep saying it, you know, like I should do that. I should really make myself stop working. And I, I haven't had the willpower to do that yet. So good job. (laughs) Kudos. Yeah, it is tough because especially because even just communicating with colleagues, um, every communication takes so much longer than it does in person. And so it ends up being this thing where you have less communication throughout the day, but it takes longer anyways. And so it is tough to just cut it off um, at some point because you definitely feel that, especially I think it's worsened by the fact that you sprinkle out throughout the day, you sprinkle in time with family. And so then all the the lines get blurred so that you're like, well, I, I, you know, I, this was snack time and I'm kind of working. And so then when it becomes dinner time, it's hard to not be kind of working too. But that's the only way I've found to do it is to just absolutely eliminate the distraction. You can't have, I can't have the phone on or in my pocket or anything like that, or else I, I fall back into that gray area. That makes sense. That makes sense. And it sounds like a great strategy. So looking back at your students, um, how do you feel like instructions being received by the students? Do you feel like it's equal for all of them? Do you feel like it's improved? Where, I mean, I know that's a hard question. I'm seeing your, you know, our audience is not seeing your facial response, but it's not, <laughs> still not the best, I'm sure. But tell us about how it's hopefully improved. Yeah. Um, so the way that our district is doing it is um, we're sending home paper copies and that was how it was started. We, we have around 30% of our students who don't have reliable access to internet um, and that, was, that data was really hard to find and it took a really long time to get that data. But So we started out just assuming that we've got a lot of students who don't have internet access and so we went to paper copies um, and it's it's difficult, I'll say to put it lightly, to teach technology without having students um, able to access technology. It's really hard to do. Um, and so I have, I've had a little bit of a struggle with that. And I started out initially, I started out by just saying, um, I'm going to do, I'm trying to do what we did in the classroom. I'm going to try to put it on paper in a way that makes sense. And we're going to do it that way. And then I realized, so it's kind of started improving, um, but there's this huge lag that I'll talk about. Um, but I realized that that doesn't make any sense. There's just no, there's no value in it because anything that I put in, it's, I get like one to 2% of that back from students that way. And that's not how it should be. The students should be doing a lot of the work. They should be doing the thinking. They should be doing the problem solving, but it, it was all me doing all that stuff because I was trying to anticipate oh, they're going to have this question or that question, or they're not going to be able to do this, or I'm going to trick them here. And so it ended up being this thing where I was putting in a ton of time and effort for them to get almost nothing out of it. Mm. So now I've started shifting towards, okay, how can I give you something that hopefully like enough different things that you can find an interest in one of those things that you actually care about and makes a difference in your life. And then you kind of go and pursue that. And so I'm trying to take it not so much from here's what my course material was, but I'm trying to make it more like, all right, here's an opportunity where you can start taking control of your learning. So I'm going to try to help you with that. Um, I haven't seen the, 
the fruits of that labor yet because of this lag time. So we, we, have, um, we send paper packets home one week. So week one, they get some, some paper packets. And then they turn that in at the end of week one. And it sits in a room until week two where it's you know, deemed safe now for people to be touching it. Uh, and so I get it in the middle of week two. And then I can give it back in week three. And then they'll get the work back in week four. Uh, and so it takes almost a month for them to get work back. And then for me to get anything back from that, like if I have them say like, oh, you know, let's, what if you redid it this way or, or whatever, you made this simple mistake, um, try changing your, your response in this way. Um, then it takes another like two weeks. So it takes, it takes like five to six weeks for me to get corrections or, or any sort of like feedback based changes to their work back which is a nightmare. Um, to mitigate that, we've tried to call, like we try, we set up, um, you know, weekly calling. So all of their teachers in the district are calling their, you know, period seven class this week. And then next week, it'll be some other period is staggered in a way that makes sense. Um, and so that's supposed to kind of replace some of that, but it's, it's really difficult to, to do any of that. It makes it so that all the paper packets make it so that it is equal for all the students as far as what they're receiving but without the feedback then it becomes something where it's so equal that it is not super advantageous for every student because one student has one question and another student has another and i can't answer any of them until a month later right so it sounds like the the delivery of instruction is equal you know that all the students are receiving the same thing um, but one of the biggest parts of having a classroom is being able to differentiate, being able to identify those individual questions and meet students where they're at. Um, and I had thought about that process of being a paper school. We're, we are not doing paper at my district. Um, and we battled that decision, you know, should we or shouldn't we? Um, you know, our, our, I shouldn't say that. Our youngest students do get paper. Um, like pre-KK, um, but the reasoning for that was because they need to be doing the cutting and the pasting and the fine motor, so they need the paper. Mm -hmm. But what I don't think has come across anyone's minds is the feedback with paper. Um, so I thank you for bringing that up because that's, you know, without having these conversations with people in different districts, you might not think about that component. Um, but that being said, I think it is fantastic that you already thought about the fact that um, you're trying to make the learning individual to the student moving forward and take, and I like that you said that you're gonna seize the opportunity of what mm -hmm. we're doing and, and try to find a, a passion project with your kids and let them figure out a, a direction that they wanna go and then support them in that direction as long of a process as that sounds like it might be um, if you can look at the situation as an opportunity to do some of those things then maybe that would help the engagement um, and I hope you see it I hope you see that engagement in a couple weeks I hope so yeah that would be nice I was trying my my goal behind it too was to eliminate the importance of that feedback like if they're deciding what to do then they don't have to wait for me to help guide mm -hmm. them so much and I hope that that's what we'll see um, but I don't know. Um, one of the things that we're battling right now too is just kids turning work back. Um, like this, 
this week I had um, one of the downfalls of that paper system is I ha I've had a, a class that hasn't been getting work for the past two weeks, but the problem was only identified this week because of that lag in time. Um, and then in some of my other classes, I'm getting like, I'm getting work back from about half the students. Um, so it, it's difficult because you don't know what, what's going on in each of their homes or anything like that, or what difficulties they're dealing with. So it's, it's tough. And that's where, you know, I can't tell you how many voicemails I've left. Um, it's, you try to call home, but that is really difficult. And it's also amazing how many people haven't set up their voicemail. I don't know. There needs to be some classes on that. <laughs> or their mailbox is full. Well, and <laughs> That's another one, yeah. Oh, yeah, or their mailbox is full. The voicemail's been set up. Um, but, you know, uh, one of the, the issues that I'm seeing in our district is as we're nearing the middle of the month or the end of the month, a lot of our data plans have run out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of our students have tried to do so much digitally from their mobile hotspot because, you know, we are a rural area and we don't have great access to internet. Um, so if you're using your mobile hotspot and your data, you only have so much. And, you know, we talked before we started hitting recording, even unlimited data isn't really unlimited. Right. Um, which doesn't make sense, but that's the world we live in. And um, so we, you know, we were getting a lot of messages from kids saying, you know, this is the last assignment that I'm going to be doing for the next two and a half weeks until the next month's plan rolls over because we're just, and we can't afford to continue to be going over our data plan and paying that extra, you know, $15 for the extra two gigs, which gets, you no nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard, you know, or if you're, if, all the teachers are calling home um, because we all care about our kids. We all want to talk to our kids. Um, but if you have a family who is still working off of minutes, that's a lot of minutes uh, that they yeah. don't have anymore. Yeah, and, and that is one of the concerns too. It's one of the annoyances is that sometimes I want to call everybody. Um, and for one thing, it's hard to have enough time to do that. It's amazing how long that process takes. Um, mm -hmm. But then you also have to be cognizant of the fact that there's a family who has five kids in school right now. And if every one of their teachers is calling every one of their kids, then they're getting like, you know, 30 some phone calls a, a week. And that's really annoying. And it's not promoting a very good learning environment either, because if you have to be answering the phone all the time, it's so it's, it's tough because then we space it out and, you know, like I'm supposed to call these kids unless they don't give me work and then I'll try to call them on top of that. But then if they didn't give me work, they probably didn't give somebody else work. So if they had some <laughs> issue at home, now they're getting calls from who knows how many people. And so it's, we haven't found the right answer yet. It's easy to say like, this isn't working, but as an engineer uh, in the back of my head, I'm always trying to, I can't just say it's not working. I have to also try to find out a better way to do it. And I haven't yet. So that's, uh, another annoyance it's just always in the background right well and another trait of teachers is we are perfectionists the best for our kids and so during this situation especially we are looking at all the things that are not working trying to problem solve it knowing that our options are limited as well um you know i know plenty of our teachers who are driving to the local dunkin donuts to sit and use their internet because they don't have any at home. You know, they're, they're facing the same issues. But at the same time, driving to the local Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> sitting there for hours of their day because 
you know, we, we want to problem solve it. And, um, you know, I guess a silver lining is that if this is not ending soon, as it doesn't seem like it is, we have a few more weeks to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we went, our district went completely the, the digital route and some of the teachers have been begging for paper and they're thinking about it from the teacher's end. You know, it's easy for teachers to prepare packets and send it home on the big scheme of things, right? Um, but you're bringing up a great point. Like, what about the receiving end? What if students are having trouble with the paper-based? And then huge point that you brought up was just the feedback. Um, so I loved hearing that. That's gonna give me ammo in a, a meeting later. So thank you, Dave. <laughs> Um, and we're, we're having the same connectivity issues. Um, there's been a couple different solutions that we've bounced around. And actually, I just saw a post about uh, a school district closer to Lindsay. Um, and actually, in your neck of the woods too, Dave, but they're thinking about putting hotspots on buses. And our district also thought about that as well. But if you don't have cell phone service in some of those areas, those hotspots are not even going to be worth it anyways. So you're still not gonna have 100% connectivity. We've bumped up our um, external uh, Wi-Fi access around our building so you can park outside of the school and receive access. Um, but like you said, I don't, I don't know what is the best answer for everybody. Um, and as us adults, you know, like we don't have the best solutions either. I don't have a wonderful internet either. So it's hard. Yeah, one of the interesting issues, like I, I live about 10 to 15 minutes away from my school, so I can go and I can I can sit in the parking lot and have internet and things like that. Um, but one of the things is you you end up, there's a couple spots in the parking lot that work well and the other ones kind of don't. And so there's a few other teachers where you're basically, you almost have to jockey for position um, and then you have to see how long you can not go to the bathroom because <laughs> if you have to go to the bathroom, you have to drive home. and <laughs> So it's an issue. Uh, it's you know, it's, and the students are going to have the same issue if they have to drive somewhere. Um, how long can you expect them to sit there? And like you know, it's not very fair to be like, well, you know, don't drink any water during this period of the day. Let's 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 make sure that you still have all those things that you need. But then you have to go home to go to the bathroom. And there's yeah, there's almost issues with every single thing. And I don't know if there's a great way to do it. I will say that in addition to the paper copies that we're sending out. Um, we are, for students who have connectivity, we are moving now to, um, they can just turn things in online and they can actually receive things online. So they can use our learning management system to, to get their work and to turn it back in. It just has to be the same work that the students are getting a paper copy of. So like for me, um, I have like a PDF of what everyone would get as a paper copy up there. And then I have a place for them to submit their work. And then I also, in, in our learning management system, we can have discussions. So I've put a discussion in for every week so that if they have questions or even if they just want to talk to their friends or whatever, they can do it in a safe place, um, which I thought was cool, but they're not using that at all. So I don't know if it's very successful. Not yet, at least. Yeah, I've heard of a couple. Well, and it may be. Oops, sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> I've heard of a couple of educators okay. about just opening up times for students to engage with each other. Lindsay mentioned at her district, they were doing like a lunch hour where it was just informal. The students were able to zoom in with a teacher and just have the informal lunch together. 
Um, you know, I know some coaches are doing that and some advisors of clubs are doing that. And I, I think that's also important to not lock down whatever devices they have at home, 115%, um, but still allowing them to still communicate with each other because they're also missing that piece. If we're missing that as adults and we're missing our coworkers and our friends and our family outside of our home, our kids are missing the same thing. And they're teenagers, a lot of them, you know, with the upper levels that you teach, Dave, it's peers is huge for them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It'd be nice if, if there was an easy way for that to work. Um, so it sounds like, were they using like Zoom or something like that to have a, a lunch hour? Um, I think yeah, we're using Zoom, yeah. And then um, my district uses Zoom, Teams, um, with the video calling within Teams. So it's, I think those are the two main platforms. Yeah, we have teams also. Um, we had switched to Zoom in the very beginning um, because so many people had joined teams. It made the video calling quality go down a little bit while they were problem solving things on their end with the sudden uptick of, of users. Um, but with the latest update, it seems like a lot of that has been fixed. So, um, you know, we, we kind of bounce back and forth Zoom versus teams depending on the teacher and their preference. Gotcha. Yeah, and that, that's tough too because then you have to rely on a teacher that has good access and things. Mm -hmm. And I, I've tried a few times. Like I can do better. Like right now, I'm I'm mobile hotspotting to my laptop. Um, I can do better as far as I, I think I at least get a better quality and things like that if I just go straight from my phone. But then it's it's kind of like you get to look at two people at a time and you have to keep swiping back and forth. And then it it's it's not quite as good of an experience for everybody else or even for yourself. And so that's something I've gone back and forth on because I can actually, there's some times where I can't, for whatever reason, I'm not getting good enough service to use my laptop. And so Zoom will cut in and out. Um, so then I have to switch to the phone and it's just a, it's a constant. I'm glad that I don't have to host ever, I guess. <laughs> so we have one final question for you. Um, we want to know what is your next step. So personally, as a dad, as a husband, as an educator, what is your next step? Well, I'm hopeful that I've got a couple next steps. Um, one of which is making sure that I can give some stability to the students. Um, I'm frustrated that some of the things like we had to get some paper copies in and then by the time they get printed you learn all this new stuff and then I wish that I could have made changes but it was already too late because that process is in swing and so I'm I'm personally frustrated that some of the beginning work that I've sent out to students is probably not very consistent it doesn't um, it's not necessarily in a consistent format it's not necessarily building well off of the last thing that they did and it's hard to do that when you can't give feedback in between anyways um, so I'm hoping to make uh, a little bit more consistent experience for my students. Um, part of the way that I'm, I'm thinking about doing that is trying to learn some, I'm, I don't, I've never done much video editing, so I've thought about trying to do um, videos. Now we can't do, like in our district, we can't do, I can't do instruction over Zoom or anything like that, but we can get students a laptop and get them a USB drive with a file on it so that we can actually, you know, like I could put a video file on this thing and we could get it to the student whether they have internet access or not. Um, so I've thought about doing that and I, you know, it's one of those things where 
I'll test it and then I'll see what happens weeks from now. And so I haven't yet done that, but that's one of the next steps I'd like to take. Um, and then personally, the uh, next step is, is more consistently turning my phone off. Um, just absolutely having times when I'm not reachable. Um, so far, I've tried to do that at different times. And it's usually, um, if I'm self-aware enough that I've realized, oh, you know, I'm, I'm being a little bit distracted here. I'm just going to turn this off. Um, but there's times where I don't necessarily realize it. And I'd like to create a little bit more consistency for my own family, too. So those are a few of them. Those are great next steps. And it's something that, you know, as we go through this process, I think we'll be reflecting and creating more next steps as we go through. But thank you so much for sharing those. Uh, I would bet a lot of our listeners um, who just heard those are thinking the same things. Um, and maybe even gave some people some ideas of how they could better create some balance in their life. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. All right. Until next time, start thinking about what your next steps are. And uh, thank you so much, Dave, for spending more than 10 minutes with us um, and really giving us a glimpse <laughs> into right. what your world looks like. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to share your next step, follow Caitlin Bowen at Mrs. C. Bowen and Lindsay Simpson at L Simpson 1220 and the podcast at the next step edu on Twitter and Instagram. If you would like to join our community on Facebook, you can find us at the next step education podcast. We can't wait to hear your next step.